and welcome to Blades Pod. It is Monday, the 31st of January, transfer deadline day. Taking the bold step of recording this before the uh, before the actual deadline itself. But let's see how it goes. My name is Ben. On the line is the man who lurks on other fans' forums so that you yeah. don't have to. And that is Andrew. How's it going, mate? I'm all right, mate. Being on the the old Brentford forum today, which is a, a blast, a blast from, the past. from the past. Yeah, massively so. Yeah, obviously Egan and O'Connell, and uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we'll get onto the side anyway. But that's pretty much come out of nowhere. I, I didn't see that link yesterday, but yeah, uh, that is of course Charlie Good, who has just signed for us, uh, and a, a plethora of Good-based puns, no doubt, will be uttered, and some may have already been uttered by myself and. And others during this day, uh, yeah. As you say, we'll we'll get onto that. Um, we're going to talk Peterborough, obviously, uh, the game at the weekend, and then uh, yeah, we in the second half of the podcast we will round up the latest uh, comings and goings from United and uh, look ahead to Birmingham as well. But um, yeah, yeah g- uh, good vibes, I think, is the the theme of this podcast because that was a very enjoyable uh, enjoyable result on Saturday and. Uh, more good vibes. I just want to give a shout out to the Rainbow Blades before we get started properly. Um, obviously, following on from the the Rainbow Laces match day that um, uh, took place against Luton last weekend, uh, you probably saw all the players wearing the Rainbow Blades shirts. February is Football versus Homophobia Month, and so uh, yeah, Andrew and I, we at Blades Pod, just like to give a, yeah. a quick call out to the Rainbow Blades supporter group. Uh, and remind everyone listening that you two can sign up as a proud ally and stand in solidarity with the LGBTQ plus community and help build upon the uh, the great work that the Rainbow Blades are doing in promoting Sheffield United's commitment to equality, diversity and inclusion. So, yeah, to find out more and become a member, head to cheflaces.com slash rainbowblades or just search Rainbow Blades on Twitter, Facebook and other social media platforms. And, uh, yeah, find out more and sign up there. Um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Nice one, mate. Well, what uh, what an enjoyable win and enjoyable day for those of us who went to Peterborough. I hope I certainly had a very good time this weekend. Um, I told you, I told you, Peterborough were pants. Nothing to you worry about. You did tell me this, uh, although you'd also <laughs> message at our time, which I concurred with, saying we're going to throw this away. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to tell people that. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, true. Can we play you every week? Stuff from Peterborough, I think. Luton were, um, were bad last week, but these, these were equally as bad. I think, if not worse. Yes. However, we did play very well, um, mm. and I enjoyed that performance a lot. I think the. The main frustration, and I guess the uh, what what prompted that message to you was that we were level at half time, and yeah, actually yeah. could have been a goal down if not for a great save by Fodringham from a one on one. But yeah, that a story of missed opportunities in that first half, and yeah, that just it just leaves you with that nagging feeling this season of like, especially when you've got someone like Jack Robinson playing for you that. There might be that one mistake that the opposition score and then you keep missing chances. Yeah. But fortunately, that's not how it panned out. It was a 2-0 win for United. And in the end, I mean, as, as I know that there's, you know, some people may be still scarred from the, the Preston game when we threw away a 2-0 lead. But honestly, as soon as we got the first goal, I was just completely relaxed that we were going to win that yeah. game. And yeah. um, 
In fact, Peter Britt didn't have a single shot after the, I think, the 41st minute was the last time they took a shot. Yeah, that was the only shot. real chance they had, obviously. Yeah, that was the only real chance they had because the other one was, a, I think they only had two on target. The other one was miles away, you know, straight at Fodringham. So. Yeah, that one in the first half as well. So, yeah, once we'd gone 1-0 up, the, uh, the, the, there was no further attacks of note from Peter. So, uh, yeah, just party time. Uh, you know, a, a new earworm of a chant ringing out <laughs> in the way end as well, which uh, my dad is still... Just keeps texting me occasionally, just uh, Hecky and Stuart McCall. It's obviously stuck in his head as well. But um, Hal's yeah. got his own rendition, hasn't he? Today I saw on uh, on Twitter as well. So uh... no, no <laughs> comment check... on that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotta check that out. Go to Hal's Twitter account. But yeah, <laughs> I suppose the the headline from the game is uh, Billy Sharp breaking the 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 record for the most goals in the championship, which I know is a bit of a I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's a spurious record, but it's basically it's not an all-time second tier it is since it became rebranded as the championship. Although, yeah. I mean, we're still talking like the thick end of twenty years of football there. So, yeah, and but, also he he obviously spent two years in the Premier League as well. You know, he's not played his entire. I've seen people like oh, he's a he's an EFL legend, which obviously he is. But mm. there's some people on the list below him who never played top flight football at all. I mean, as Lewis Graben played in the top flight. <sighs> For instance, I don't, I don't remember him playing in that league. So I mean, it's Barely. only two years, but that's two years of not being able to score goals at that level. So yeah, absolutely, and um, uh, a very Billy Sharp goal, I thought. Um... Brilliant, absolutely. I thought he had a really poor game actually. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I really, really did. I think he uh, he didn't hold it up well. He, he, I just think he gave it away and it bounced off him a few times, and it looked a bit sort of sluggish. And then obviously the ball's bouncing around in the box. It's in. Who is it? Obviously Sharp. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he's the only player in the team, who's probably the only player on the pitch who scores that goal. He's the only person who probably takes a shot. Yeah. Um, just absolute classic Billy Sharp to get the the goal that's taken him to the top of the uh, yeah top of the charts. Top of the charts. Yeah. Well, to to sort of uh, do a bit of a, a crossover here with with NFL. I'm not sure if you saw the news that uh, Tom Brady, the the greatest yeah. player of all time in the NFL. Mm. Uh, in in my and many people's opinion, um, yeah. the, the news broke that he was retiring on Saturday, yeah. and then uh, it was quickly walked back and is now like pending a proper announcement. And my theory is that Tom Brady did not want to share the news with um, with Billy Sharp, the the other greatest <laughs> of all time. So yeah. he thought, no, I'm going to hold that retirement announcement for another day. But yeah, as you said, it, it just like such a no one else in our squad and very few in the league, I suppose, would react to that situation the way Sharp did. Just one touch to get it like out into space and then just hits mm. it perfectly right in the corner of the net as well. It's not just hit the target, it just drills it straight into the corner and uh, silences the Peterborough fans, which, to be honest, I didn't know they were making any noise anyway. From Yeah, anyway. fair play to the Peterborough fans. I didn't, I didn't include... Uh, in the in the view from so I, I'd want to stay away from that chant basically to be honest and mm. less people know about it the better but yeah to be fair when I were on there and people were saying oh why did he go off like he did and then since after I posted it, a lot of Peter fans were saying well that that chant is disgusting and you know calling him out and stuff and I think we all think that you know there's only like a minority of each club who seem to be singing it so yeah and obviously uh, our own club's not exempt from that but it's absolutely yeah, not it's no good. absolutely not yeah it's been good to see some like public pushback on that i think this mm-hmm. this weekend as well just to segue a little bit um yeah. akin, akin fenwar obviously spoke um mm-hmm. spoke pretty well about it but uh yeah anyway don't want to dwell on it. i think we've talked about that before haven't we so i don't want to dwell mm-hmm. on that one too much um that first half, I mean, 
uh, yeah, we should rip in a couple of goals up, shouldn't we? And um... I thought we started absolutely fantastically. Probably the mm. best start maybe all season in terms of the first 10 minutes. Mm. Where we had like four corners because I had me, me and mate had a bet <laughs> where we were like six, six corners to United and something. I didn't. I think we had Bruce to score. Obviously, he didn't score, but we'd like won it <laughs> within a space of about fifteen minutes. <laughs> like, well, we've got six corners. Now we had obviously the, the the corners from the start. Normal straight from the bat dictating play. Best I've seen normal play since the promotion season, I think as well. Yeah, he was fantastic, wasn't he? Yeah, just I, I can't praise that performance enough. I, I guess. Oh, I hate to do this, but I do think Peterborough are probably like one of the couple of best teams for Norwood to play against in the entire league. Yeah. But he, he did make hay. You know, he was just yeah. a, a fantastic form. Some of his, you know, not just the stuff that we know he's good at, his passing and crossing and stuff, but, um, you know, his, his tackling and his uh, positioning, I think, particularly in the second yeah. half, yeah. loads of times he just cut out like attacks in, the, in, um, in our half and stopped them. One of my favourite bits actually was the tackle that set up Billy Sharp's chance. You know mm. when he went clean through, and yes. uh, he, like sort of won the ball, and then somehow managed to get it to Sharp as well. Excellent play. And as you said, you know, in the last two games we played, I mean, Luton apparently do press, but mm. didn't in that particular game. Maybe you know, maybe I mean, obviously you said with Peterborough's pressing uh, stats, it probably weren't going to happen with them. Birmingham will be massively different because they're very hard working, and I think they'll probably will close us down, but. I can't knock him, him and Uram, to be fair, because I think in a game like this, being given space, they just look miles better than the opposition. Yeah, that's very true. And you said it last time, you know, Norwood is is our best midfielder. I mean, that's you know, for all that we kind of uh, uh, all the criticism we sort of levelled at him earlier in the season, I suppose. I think the last eight, eight, nine games, eight, ten games, something like that, has just reaffirmed that yeah, we don't have anyone who is playing as well as he can and does. So. Yeah, it was uh, it was a, a lovely performance by him. Some of the uh, I watched the behind the blades footage earlier, and some of the the, the pings are just delightful. Yeah. I think it's actually in the lead up to Sharp's goal. Which yeah, is that this is, chip I, I, out I, to the wing. Absolutely brilliant. I wanted to bring that up actually because that is um, I didn't know it started at the time, and I did the same as you. We were behind the blades, where I thought that's incredible. Just like didn't even look basically, <laughs> and pings it out to the wing. So um, yeah, I mean obviously we criticise him a lot on air, but. I really do think since Eckingbottom's come in, in fact, he's been, I won't say faultless, but seven out of tens at least all the way, pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it was it was brilliant. He created a fantastic chance for Egan in the first half. Actually, well, you know, you mentioned corners, winning loads of corners. And mm. I did think good I... corners. Yes, that's it. I thought our set pieces were really good in this game. And that's obviously, I don't know if you can say, I don't know if they I can't really remember them being particularly good against Luton. Obviously, we scored a goal from one, but... I don't know if that was more down to defensive breakdown than brilliance or anything like yeah, that. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought pretty much every every set piece we had, I thought we were gonna thought we had a good chance of scoring from it. Felt like, and yeah, maybe some of that's down to Peterborough not defending it particularly well. But yeah, this this chance for Egan, I was extremely angry because it was a golden opportunity. It was so nicely worked. I, I, awful, absolutely appalling finish. I don't know he's a centre-half and stuff like that, but he knew. As soon as you could tell, you know, as soon as you missed it, he's head in his hands like, how have I managed that? <laughs> yeah, to not even hit the target. It's, um, yeah. yeah, so we play it short to know, or work it short to know what I should say. And he, he just picks out Egan perfectly with a clip to the back post. And yeah, it's one of them that you... I think with a lot of other players or other clubs, like if it's sharp on the end of that, I'm probably celebrating before he's actually made yeah. contact with the ball. Yeah. And Egan somehow adds it over and so infuriating because as I said, we've been so bad at creating from set pieces and then we you finally create one excellent chance like that and to 
to completely fluff it. And obviously at that point, um, Bruce, I believe Bruce had gone off injured by that point. Yeah, we'd already created a couple by that point. Obviously, mm. Brewster's when when he got away from the defender and then crossed it in, and and he probably should. I, I, he probably went for the wrong option in, in terms of the pass, but we still only scored. NJ obviously blocked by uh, uh, the the Peterborough goalkeeper, and then obviously there was the the chance where that uh, Norwood put it in and sharp just didn't get quite on the end of it. I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah, early on, yeah, um, similar to the Egan chance, really, wasn't it? Very just, similar to the Egan chance. They were they were one off a corner where again Egan I think got a not a powerful header on it, um, and then there were Bogle who just went. Well, you know we. They weren't sort of clean-cut chances, but you did feel like every time we went forward, we were going to create something. Yeah, and it felt like... I mean, you know, you look at the the stats for the game, I think we had 20 shots in the end, but there's probably like another five or six really dangerous opportunities that we had that didn't result in a shot where it was a... You know, I think... um, Or maybe we could talk Bogle here, to be honest, because he was... I thought brilliant again, yeah. Unbelievable on the ball. I'm I'm so happy to see this, because I think about five or six games ago... uh, uh, I think it was five or six games ago. I think maybe like the last. I'm trying to think now. Maybe it was the Coventry game actually. So quite quite a while ago actually. But mm. I thought he had a good game against Coventry. But I was like, just be more attacking. You know, take some more chances. Mm. I know you're not in the team to just be like a a safe yeah. presence. And yeah, the last couple of games he's been really on fire. I think you know just properly committing defenders and causing all sorts of problems. He's such a yeah. good dribbler of the ball. I mean. Apart from maybe in Giant Gibbs White, I don't think we have anyone who can dribble quite well, after, like you can. After and, uh, Brewster went off, I felt that in terms of like a direct attacking threat, I think Bogle would, he took over the mantle for that entire side, really. Yeah, yeah. In terms of dribbling, obviously Basham does what he does with his forward running, but in terms of like actually creating stuff, I think it were all pretty much Bogle because NGI seems to have like three players in him all match, which yeah. seems to be happening quite a lot. Um I, I've seen people criticise performance. I'm not going to criticise him because I think even though it didn't come off for him and he, and he went down a few blind alleys, his work rate off the ball and his strength and everything, I just, yeah, I can't say enough about that for him because for a flair player to have that side of his game as well, you know, that that's fantastic for him and he's obviously only going to get better. We're going to have games like this where not everything comes off and he, and he, he does the wrong options and stuff. But I still yeah. thought he were a, a pivotal player in the... In the match, this is Njai you're talking about, right? Yeah, Njai. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you you meant you nailed it. I think he 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 causes problems, you know, for teams. They have to commit a lot of people to get mm. close to him because he's so good, and that's yeah that that is a net positive for us. Even if he doesn't directly produce anything, the fact he's having to pull loads of or loads of defenders being pulled towards him. We yeah, he was white back man. Imagine that. <laughs> we've been we've been crying out for a player to do that for two years, possibly more. Yeah. Like not not since Mark Duffy have we had like mm. I think a central threat um that, that hasn't been a like an out and, and out Duffy striker. Another one. I mean we all remember Duffy with sort of uh yeah roast tinted glasses. But he had games like that where it didn't mm-hmm. happen for him. You know, and and I'd say Njai were is a harder worker than Duffy was as well, and you know they both couldn't last nine minutes. But <laughs> I think uh, yeah, he was a stronger player. But Duffy had those sort of games. But you'd have Duffy in your team every week when Wilder were manager in the Championship promotion season because of what he could do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I thought uh, I thought Bogle was tremendous. Uh, I've lost my train of thought a little bit here. Sorry, about... I butted in there with my. No, 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 it's all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, talking about Njai. Um no, I'm not I'm not really sure. Um what I was gonna say with Bogle is I'm pretty sure this is right. Um I obviously had uh, a, a good a good pre match drink before this one, but I'm pretty sure I've got this right. I think they moved their 
right back over to left back at half time. Yeah. Uh, which... Well, we, I'm about to bring this up that we didn't really attack at all down the left hand side. This yeah. is just, the only downside, if you like, to the game. Obviously, we know Robinson's not the sort of marauder in centre back that Basham is, and I'm not going to criticise him for that. Mm. Um, but I thought Norton Davis had a quiet game uh, in, in, in a forward sense as well, gave it away a few times, and we just didn't have that same. That that same outlet down that side than the other, so I think you're right with the Peterborough uh, play going across I'm because everything now, yeah. came down that side. Everything came down that side. Yeah, but that uh, said, the goal, the first goal came down on the other side. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, yeah, Mumba was was on the right um, mm. to start the game, number twenty four, and then at half time he definitely moved over to the left hand side, where obviously yeah. our right hand side. And yeah, I think that did did have a bit of a. Uh, an impact defensively, yeah. He did, let... Because Bogle didn't get as much joy in that second half. But like I say, I think Norrington Davis got on the ball more in the second half. I just don't mm. think he used it to the best best <sighs> degree. Uh, I, I don't want to be too negative after we've just won two nil two games in a row, and uh, you know everything's looking a bit rosier. But um, that left hand side is so limited going forward. I think like it is. you know the, I, I, the sort of best case scenario from Jack Robinson is obviously just to sort of don't make mistakes and just do the simple things well, yeah. which to his yeah. credit, the last couple of games, that he is has. what he's done. Uh, yeah. And obviously got a goal as well, which is fantastic. Um, Norrington Davis, oh, I just want to see so much more from him. I, I mean, he's not, he's nowhere near the level of Bogle and that's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, we can get by with him not being the level of Bogle, I think, but it's just it's so many safe passes and I don't know. I, I'm not, I, I'm not seeing anything that's particularly positive from an attacking perspective. Do With the three at the back now, I think that we can, if he's if he's fit, when he gets fit, I think we can afford to play Osborne there, even though his defensive abilities are not probably as solid hmm. as we saw when he played actually as a, an orthodox left-back. Um, I think we can get away, and I don't think Osborne's sort of, you know, he's not a Bogle-type player, but I think he's got more in his locker personally than Norrington Davis. But I praised him last week, so I'm not going to be... Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be too harsh. Um, it he, wasn't he, bad. Again, I just no. He, he needs. He probably needs to run on the team. But like as yeah. you mentioned with Ogle, he played two or three games when he first came back into the team, and you were like, "What? What, what happened to this guy?" Yeah, and now yeah. Him, you never know. No, you're right. You're right. That's absolutely spot on. I think um, I'm, I'm probably being a bit harsh here. It was just my my first half frustration was like I don't. I think I was I was literally sat there, stood there going like I don't want to see a single attack come down on the left hand side. Just bash, <laughs> yeah. Basham and Bogle every damn time. They've got their defence like you know falling over themselves essentially trying yeah. to keep up with them. Do not pass to the left hand side unless. And it, like you say, it's fine having Jack Robinson there being as solid as he is uh, at the moment, like the last two games. But I, that's where you do need your 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 left wing back to give you more if your centre half is just going to be basically being a, be a solid sort of stay in there sort of centre half yeah. that's where you need your wing back to, to, to get your width and I think he, he stretches the play well I think he did it again to be mm. fair like, obviously he was part of the goal the first goal I'd like to say final delivery and, and taking people on just first touch a lot of the time he, he, he seemed to lose it but yeah he's so young so yeah indeed just uh, I don't know I'm sure he'll uh, I'm sure he'll keep developing I just uh I want to, want to see a bit more from him, definitely going forward. Anyway, but de- you know, defensively, can't can't knock his performance in in helping yeah. shut completely shut down Peter Brett for sure. Um, yeah. Is there anything else we should say about this? The second goal, obviously, uh, Bruce Bruce took us off injured, um, which is really frustrating in, in on many levels. Uh, and we will talk about uh, Daniel Jebison in the uh, in a little while. I like um, to ask you, what did you make of McGoldrick's performance? Because I can't work it out. I can't. Meh. 
Just yeah. There were some bits where you think, oh, what a touch. I don't know mm. if you saw it, like the touch that he brought it down. Obviously, you oh, yeah, get... loads of times, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and he sort of like, and he's like, and you think, oh, man. And then he'll just do a shot that goes like about 50 miles wide. And you're like, what? <laughs> I mean, it's his first contribution. So he comes on for Brewster, obviously. Yeah. And his first touch is a, a delightful one to cut into his into his left foot. Um mm. On the attack, and then he, he, I mean, it was a hard chance, but he kills it miles it was, over. And, but, yeah, mate, so far. That's the thing with the shots, they're so far wide <laughs> or over there. <laughs> I mean, everyone's is, isn't it? It's so annoying. Like, they, they, again, in that first half, our shooting's just awful. Like, as great as Norwood was, I mean, another just pathetic oh, that's effort that's from 25. Yeah. It's just, that's just said, don't anymore. The second half from Norwood were definitely going in, and, I, and the, ah. the Peterborough player just got a touch on it. And uh, that were a fantastic shot. You're like, do that, do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't get a good look at that one actually. I haven't seen it on. Uh, I don't think it made the highlights either. It might, maybe it's on the extended highlights. I've not seen that. But um, yeah, Hurrahan had a had a good shot that deflected mm. just wide in the first half as yeah. well. But yeah, other than that, some of McGoldrick's finishing was pretty woeful. And um, yeah, you, you know, you, you you raised it already when Sharp got in one uh, nil. Uh, I think he takes a touch too many uh, as he he's does. in there, and he does. keeper yeah, saves it, and then. McGoldrick gently volleys the rebound into the keeper's oh, arms. Obviously, what I watched in the pub, and like we all go, oh, he's got to bury that shot. Then shows the replay, and everyone's like, what? What was McGoldrick doing? <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it would, it'd be difficult to score. It weren't like a sitter uh, or anything, but you're like, that's a really poor effort. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if it would have been on target if the goalkeeper hadn't been stood on the penalty spot. <laughs> I don't know if that counts as a shot on target or not, because yeah. I don't think it was going close to the goal particularly. And if it was, it might not have reached the goal. Um, he had one in the first half as well from a corner that uh, he got a good head on McGoldrick and just sort of headed it straight into the floor. But yeah, yeah it was it was fine. I just This is the problem, I mean, because he, he, Brewster goes off, which is really frustrating, as I say, because he's... Yeah. I thought he started brilliantly, Brewster. Yeah, when he exa- a really encouraging stretch of games from him. A short stretch of games, I suppose, coming back from injury. Um, and we don't know how long he's going to be out for. He's fe- he was feeling his hamstring. Um, I think it was a non-contact injury, so I think he just pulled up as it was running. So that's not encouraging. Although he was out on the pitch. Um, yeah, I saw him game. sort of throw his shirt into the crowd and then sort of jump over the advertising boards. He wasn't limping, yeah. but I remember the the Gibbs White injury, and I was thinking, mm. yeah, he'll be back. He just clashed knees. He's fine. He played on, and then maybe they've taken a, you know, maybe they've learned from that and they've taken him off earlier. Yeah, maybe. Maybe if that were a playoff final, they'll leave him on, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But hopefully, I mean, we'll come on to, obviously, the signings. I think that's an area that I'm really sort of concerned about now he's not there, actually. Mm, absolutely. Uh, yeah, he was looking good again uh, and annoying that he went off. And then, you know, you, you asked how how I thought McGoldrick played, and this is the strange situation that we're in now where Brewster goes off and McGoldrick's probably the best option to come on. He's probably the only option to come on in that squad, to be honest. And... And I was sort of going, yeah. oh, really, McGoldrick? Like, I love McGoldrick, but I was thinking... McGoldrick and Sharp again, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I sort of voiced this to, to no one in particular, and the fellow in front of me was like, what, you would rather have McBurney come on? And I was like, yeah. well, actually, I suppose I wouldn't, but... Well, this is the thing, <laughs> you see McGoldrick come on and you think, oh, what? And then, same as you. For a start, I don't think McBurney had completed that game because he's no. not played for so long. So, I, I'm... I, I, it's really difficult up there. Obviously, Jefferson's come back. We'll get on to him. I hope people are not expecting that much from him because mm. he's still 18 and he's done well at Burton, but he's only recently sort of cemented himself in the team there. So 
might be, you know, a big ask for him to come in and, and do something spectacular. We know Brewster, <laughs> obviously moussa has gone, Burke's gone for whatever you thought of them. There were options. Mm. We're really at the bare bones now. We've got what I'd class as two fit strikers yeah. at the moment, not including Jebison, obviously. Sharp and McGoldrick, who are both combined age of about 70. So. Yeah. Well, we're, we're talking Jebison now, so let's talk Jebison now. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, this. So I, I've said before. Uh, so it's been recalled, obviously, for anyone who's, who's missed this news. It's been recalled today. Uh, I don't know. There, there was some murmurings. I think on Friday that that may happen anyway. But yeah. the Brewster injury uh, has definitely forced our hand on that one. And um, it was the first thing I shouted actually. As soon as Brewster went off, get Jefferson back because just for numbers, if nothing else. Yeah, well, this is it. Uh, and I was I was quite an advocate of leaving him at Burton for the full season, to be honest. Mm. And it, it may well be that in you know three four months time or something like that we we look at this and go like oh actually maybe it would have been better for him to stay at Burton for the season yeah. but the fact is right now as you said we have two fit strikers who I, I believe have a combined age of seventy <laughs> one of whom is McGoldrick who with the best will in the world is is not a good finisher not prolific by he's not someone you can have as a central striker put it that way if you're playing that as we do with sort of a four three three thing or whatever it is going on sorry three three four three thing uh yeah. with the like the two sort of wider plays and sharp as the central one don't really fancy mcgoldrick in that central position as your out and out striker yeah and uh we're about to basically play a game every three days for the next six seven weeks mm. i think Hell of yep. an ask for Sharp and McGoldrick to yep. not only stay fit but keep some kind of form. So unless you're going to bump and gyres like a main striker, which I yep. don't know if we want to do that because he seems pretty good there, to be honest. There's no yep. no steer on when Gibbs White will be back. He's still not, uh, you know, in the squad. I think you, I think if Gibbs White had been fit, we'd probably have left Jefferson there because although Gibbs White's not a striker, mm. it's another. You know, it's a, I think you could sort of get by with Sharp and McBurney possibly in, yeah. in that central striker position if you've got NJ and, and Gibbs White. But NJ obviously went off. I mean, hopefully again, just cramp like normal. But, you know, if he's injured as well, you've got no NJ, no Gibbs White, no Brewster, and you are really struggling there at the top of the pitch. Yeah. So I think, yeah, we we had to, we didn't have an option. We had, we had to no. recall Jebison just as, just as a third or fourth striker, to be honest. I mean, I still think. I think uh, he'll play, though. I think he'll play because of the games yeah. coming up. I think, for instance, he'll certainly get 20, 30 minutes at the end of games in this run we've got coming up. Because I, I don't see McBurney starting anytime soon because of how long he's been out. Yeah. I think he'll have to sort of gradually come back in. Might be an argument to say Jefferson's above McBurney just by proxy of being fit. Yeah, fit and in form, I guess. And, yeah, uh, yeah. A slightly, you know, slightly different type of player as well, more mm. of a... Uh, well, a, a more athletic forward for sure, I'd yeah. say. Um, yeah. yeah, no, he's he's definitely going to play. Um, but yeah, I, I guess given full fitness, I would imagine McBurney and uh, who am I forgetting? Brewster would be mm. on the pitch ahead of him. So he probably would, yeah. you know, for now he probably, yeah, I think if everyone's fit, he probably would be like the fourth or fifth choice striker. But Everyone isn't fit. And, uh... well, I, went, I went on the Burton board today and there were a lot of their fans obviously not happy about it and they're saying, for a start, we've left it till last minute. I mean, that's just... It's harsh on them, but that's just how it, the way it's gone, you know, yeah. because obviously the injuries. But they were saying, like, oh, he's not going to get minutes at, uh, at Sheffield United. He will, but I know what they're saying and they're also that if Brewster comes back and McBurney gets fit, he probably will go down to fifth-choice striker unless he does something. Yeah, but, uh, you know, that's, that's football, isn't it? We... Yeah. Yeah, we, it's not impossible that we make the playoffs. In fact, it's in our hands, I believe, right? It uh, is in our hands. Yeah, yeah, we're, technically we're, it would be. Yeah, 
Yeah, we've got. I mean, somehow, if we win our games and we go above West Brom, yeah, and we go above Middlesbrough, I think we got fifth. If we win, if everyone sort of wins the game in hand, if I think we, we go fifth. yeah, if we score enough goals, yeah, which is it's not unfeasible. We've got a so Middlesbrough played two games more and have a mm. goal difference that's three better better than ours and uh, yeah. six points ahead. So yeah, we probably would be up to if we won our two games in hand, we probably would be about level with them on goal difference. So yeah, basically. We we I think if we'd left Jebison there, that would be essentially punting on the rest of the season because we're obviously not going to sign a new you striker. Have to do it. Even yeah. if it's just for this month, even if Bruce is only out for a month, which you know it won't be any longer than that, and even if Gibbs White comes back three weeks or whatever, you couldn't risk it because Sharp gets injured next game. You're left with an unfit McBurney and McGoldrick, who's scored two goals this season. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited about him coming back. Not in a like this is the yeah, this is the kid that's going to change it all and guarantee us a playoff place. But it'll be, um, you know, it'll be nice to see how he's developed in the last six months. He obviously put a yeah. uh, a very nice statement on his on his Instagram thanking Burton for everything he's learned. And yeah, he's, he's done pretty well for him. And he, he wasn't like an automatic starter to begin with, but he's become a an important player for them and has scored quite a few goals, some really nice ones as well. So yeah, I, I, I'm sure you're right, mate. I imagine he'll, he'll probably probably get on the pitch on Friday to be honest against Birmingham and yeah, certainly yeah. certainly well, I imagine that if, if NJ's fit I think it'll be NJ Dids and Sharp mm-hmm. yeah I think you're right with uh, yeah with him certainly taking a place on the bench so yeah that's uh, yeah I've, I've changed my position on, on that I suppose because I was quite happy for him to stay at Burton but I think with the injuries and then losing uh, as in willfully losing Burke and uh, Mousse as well yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was the only Does thing to do. Does anyone know what's happening with Gibbs White? By the way, have we heard anything? Nope, 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 nope. nothing at all. He's, he's back on the grass, but that's about it. He's, be, he's been on the grass for a while. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably not helping his recovery, is it? Um, we we haven't actually mentioned the second goal, so that is uh, yeah. comes from a corner. So another set piece. I believe Rome was a corner. Yes, it was. Of course, it was. Uh, Basham's at the far post and steers it towards goal, and it's shinned into the net by uh, Callum Morton off Peter Ref for an own goal. Um, there was a, a fella who uh, in the pub before and who, um, well, let's just say it seemed like he was enjoying his day. That's probably the most <laughs> diplomatic way to put it. Um, he was adamant beforehand that Basham was scoring today, which I thought was a. A beautifully bold take for someone who hasn't scored a league goal for about three years, <laughs> I don't think. And when That's that hit the back... Last one, where were his last goal, Basham? I think the derby away. Was it but... Ellen Road? Sure he's not Ellen Road, of course, Ellen yeah. Road. I think that might be his last one. I'm pretty sure he didn't score in the Prem, did he? No, he scored in the Cup against... Like, scored in a couple of Cup games, yeah. But yeah, not, not in the league. But um, yeah, when, when I saw that hit the back of the net at the far end of the ground, I was like, oh my God, Basham has actually scored. But then you see the replay and actually... It was nowhere near goal. It was very yeah, definitely. I love how they all ran to him, like pointing. Yeah, it was like, well, come on, mate. Who the hell scored <laughs> I thought McBurney put it in. He'd been on the pitch about forty seconds. Yeah, like, that's what we need. Come on, he's back. <laughs> he was. It uh, was close, but um, yeah, good to uh, good to see that starting to contribute a bit more in the last couple of games. Set pieces that is, because um, yeah. there's things like small margins like that could take changes from a team that is going to finish 11th or 12th to a team that is a win away from the playoffs you know that's that's yeah. how tight the championship is so if we can go from being one of the worst set piece teams to just a middle of the pack set piece team that is going to be quite a significant difference so and if you want a, a gateway into another topic the guy mm-hmm. that we bought um apparently is really good at set pieces and both mm. 
match. So Yes. Well, we will get to that very, very shortly indeed. Um I don't know I don't know how much stock to put into this, but the, the sort of post post match full time scenes were quite heartening. <laughs> very boisterous for a... Because I, like, I saw it, because obviously the, the Sky reporters were talking it like, oh, good win for Sheffield United, and it kept like showing that. Next bit, I see Ekin, but I'm going like, what? And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> you got McBurney, McGoldrick, like, dancing yeah. with the fans, Norwood, uh, you know, whipping people up and, and handing his shirt to uh, to a fan. I, I, I want to buy in. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, like, I liked it. It's better than it was when yeah. Slav sort of trudged off and, you know, when we went to Blackburn and, uh, oh no, you weren't there, sorry, Derby, should I say. Hmm. And it was Blackburn, yeah, Blackburn and Bogle came over um, and, like, tried to give a shirt and everyone's going, we don't want your shirt. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a positive, positive vibe. Um, all, it was a good day in all in, to be honest. I mean, I know, see, the inevitable... Mm. Uh, the inevitable reports of people being morons as um, as, as drinking football tends yeah. to tends to do. Um, but overall, it seemed like good vibes at this game. Um, and yeah, I, I I'm, I'm very uh, I'm very willing to accept a positive atmosphere around the club and yeah. that that feeling that uh, getting United back. I mean, I was just thinking, you know, this is that was probably the first sort of positive post-match vibes really since the pandemic because yeah obviously we got relegated in front of nobody and then we had a real you know strange start to this season yeah. it's probably the, the most polite way i can put it to be honest and um, I, mean, I wasn't at fulham i imagine that was sort of a, a, a yeah true stuff. but like you say i'd not seen those scenes since the the wilder promotion season really or the premier league season first season yeah, and uh, as much as I, you know, was kind of down on Heckingbottom as an appointment, you can't knock the the body of work now that's being put together. So, I believe that's six wins in his first eight games, and his only defeat yeah. wasn't actually there for because he had COVID. And I think you could sort of, like I said last week, if you want to sort of look at it ultra positively, you could put that derby game down as they've not played for three weeks in a real mm-hmm. game. Um, I don't know if that's fair. You know, I don't know if that's a good enough excuse. But if you want to look at it that way. The Preston game again, you know, it's 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 you can't defend what happened because they they obviously had down down to ten men. I suppose you could call it a freak game if you wanted, mm. you know, last ten minutes. But in the other ones, we've been pretty comfortable. I think that's been the most encouraging thing. You know, mm. full even Fulham away, I think that's two proper shots. And you know, the Cardiff we could have had about ten. Yeah. Bristol City, <laughs> we were so comfortable. Luton, we were comfortable. Yesterday, we were comfortable. And that's what we're, we're playing at the moment, to me, like I expected us to play when we came down. I didn't expect us to romp away with it. I expected us to have the odd daylight derby. But I expected us to just sort of be too good for the majority of the bottom half sides. And that's what we're, we're doing at the moment. Yeah, yeah, very true. It's uh... oh, Just a shout-out, by the way, for Wes, because uh, obviously really important save. Uh, mm-hmm. I know we touched on it. Um it's it's bizarre how scared I used to be thinking about that man in goal, and now how calm I am that he's in goal. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good point actually. I'm I'm very much the same. I I don't expect him to do anything wrong now, which is that's mm. awful, doesn't it? But yeah, well, I agree with you. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, yeah, that's 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 great. Uh, that's very encouraging. It's nice not having to worry about that department as um, mm. as I was earlier in the season and. Yeah, the, you know that's that's full credit to him because it's not like we've signed a better goalkeeper. It's just him playing really well. Yeah. So um, yeah, good stuff. With uh, Heckingbottom's managed seven league games, 
um, and five five wins in those seven games. And obviously, overall, it's six wins in our last eight because Jukanovic won his last game in charge. Seven games for um, Heckingbottom. Five of them have been away, and it will obviously yeah. be six in uh, six in eight by the time we've finished. I'll talk to my dad because who we got next week is Birmingham. So are you, are you going then? Uh, obviously, got a season ticket because now it's away again. <laughs> yeah, God, we never play at home. We're not bothered about these home games. Just <laughs> we'll get get to him eventually. Things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, right, mate. Well, let's have a quick break, and then we're going to talk uh, about various transfers, including the uh, the man you mentioned who is uh, another set piece threat, and uh, hopefully will stop us conceding set piece goals as well. But uh, quick break first, and we'll be back to talk about that. Hello, Blades Pod listener. A quick break to tell you about a sponsor of this podcast, Nord VPN. Now, I use Nord VPN myself. It is a fast and secure service that significantly boosts my online privacy and security. It does this by encrypting my traffic on both web and mobile, so I never have to worry about unsecure websites, unsecure apps, unsecure public Wi-Fi networks. NordVPN takes care of all of that for me and a lot more as well. Uh, One of those things that uh, qualifies as a lot more, I suppose, is uh, the ability to change my virtual location with NordVPN with just a single click, and that gives me access to all kinds of streaming platforms uh, that are not available in the UK, which is a very, very handy feature as anyone who has watched uh, football on a on a laptop screen, I suppose, maybe maybe fully aware of that. So that is NordVPN. They are a sponsor of this podcast, as I said, and they have a special offer for BladesPod listeners. All you need to do is head to nordvpn.com slash bladespod or use the code bladespod when you sign up. You'll get 70% or 70% off your NordVPN plan, plus an additional month for free. It is also completely risk-free with NordVPN's 30-day money-back guarantee. So that's nordvpn.com slash blazepod, or use the code blazepod when you sign up and you get a 70% off. Thank you very much for listening. Now back to the podcast. And we're back. And uh, yeah, it's the, it's the transfer deadline in four hours' time. We'll uh, We'll keep refreshing... Twitter and stuff like that. Yeah, nothing seems to be going on. Obviously, there's that rumour about Sander Berger that seems to have started from one account that's got like 600 followers, which everyone's <laughs> now panicking about. Because I obviously recall Frankie Maguire and I've seen people like going, oh my God, that's it. It's like Frankie Maguire is not the reason. <laughs> but Sander Berger going is not the reason we recalled Frankie Maguire because Frankie Maguire will not play a game for us this season. So Frankie Mags. Frankie Mags. Good name, though. It is a good name. Uh, since we last talked, Regan Slater has indeed left for Hull, as we said on the last podcast, uh, on a permanent transfer. Adam Davies, goalkeeper, has signed, and he was straight in on the bench uh, at the weekend as well. Lise Mousset is gone, mate. The the pirate has departed these shores. He has signed for uh, a Serie A team that I must confess to not having heard of Me before today. Neither. I'm glad you said yesterday. that, because... When, when did I didn't look at the club at, when, when it got rumoured on Saturday or whatever, and I'm like, where is that? That is that like Belgium or do you know what I mean? I didn't <laughs> expect it to be Serie A, a, a Serie A, to be honest. Yeah, Salernitana. There you go. I'll let you do that. One, I've, I've no never one. heard of this team and never heard it said out loud. Um, but they are bottom of Serie A, yeah. uh, and we'll have to go some to get out of that that bit of trouble that they're in. Um, so Musay's gone, Burke has gone, Olsen's gone, Verip's gone. God knows how much money that's going to save us. Um, One of the best tweets I've seen is, uh, it, I th- I in fact, it might not have been a tweet from him. It were on Four Blades, a fill off Four Blades, saying um, we've saved who knows how much, you know, 70,000 a week, maybe something like that, probably even more now. And the squad's not been armed. 
Yeah, it's it's a brilliant point. Um, I actually bumped into Phil and, uh, and Ian at Peterborough as well, so shout out to yeah. those guys. I'm actually slightly curious if Phil remembers bumping into me because... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's leave, that, leave that unsaid, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> on the boat, by the way, it was on the boat. Yeah, yeah. So keep seeing talk about this boat, and I just think of Lonely Island, which I can't obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's honestly Peter, but such a low key, such a great away day. I love that. It was there was there's a, a massive real ale bar on uh, on a barge, like five minutes walk from the ground. They had a real ale festival on as well that weekend. Yeah. Fantastic time. Anyway, least me say. Um, yeah, sorry. Yes, I will double down on Phil's point actually about losing all those players. And yes, it's, it is insane that we've got rid of all these players, and yeah, we're not weaker in the slightest. Apart from we need a fourth choice striker or whatever, which is why Jebison's yeah. come back. Yeah, um, it's, I think it's been a good window, and yeah, I, I can understand the other side of this. Well, we've not spent anything. We've got a reserve goalkeeper and a, and a you know possibly a backup centre half. It's the the outgoings. We've yeah. done what we probably should have done or tried to do, I imagine, in pre-season. Yeah, I, I didn't think we'd lose Moussa in this window. Um, no. I, I thought we'd... I, I just thought he's, he's quite a hard sell, to be honest. Um, he's obviously out of contract at the end of this season. Uh, we, we have an option to renew, but I mean, unless he scores 15 goals in the next couple of months, he's played his last game for us, which is... It's really sad. I, I, I do. Maybe at the end of the season, we'll do our, uh, you know, ode to Moose or something like that. But um... I've seen mixed rep- mixed reviews on this. I've seen some people say you would never fit, get what a waste of a shirt. You could never be bothered. And then obviously he did give us okay. We're only like three months or whatever. But those performances in that three months were as good as anything that I've seen as a United striker. And I mean yeah. that as well. Like didn't do it enough. He's not in my all time favorite eleven or best eleven. But for those that three months, they were genuine talk. We're saying we're going to lose this guy to a top sixteen. They were yeah. a lot of France call ups, and yeah, 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 absolutely. And yeah, who knows if uh, if he? I can't even say if he hadn't got injured. If if he wasn't so injury prone and, and unfit, then who knows what his, his ceiling would have been. But yeah, really exciting play. I went and watched the um, the highlights of that three all draw with Man United um, earlier on today. Just. Uh, just because I wanted to watch that Phil Jones moment again. I sort of forgot Moussa didn't actually score that goal, did he? He <laughs> just left no, Phil Jones on, probably, on the top. Definitely his greatest moment, I think, in a blade shirt. He obviously scored in that game, but mm-hmm. the Phil goal. Jones moment was just... You were unplayable that day, Moussa. And as soon as you went off, we let three goals in. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll... Uh, from, a, from a romantic point of view, I will always have positive memories of him. But at the same time... Quite glad he's gone now. Just yeah, you know, it was time. It was definitely time. It would. It would just sort of. It, I can understand why people got so angry with him, especially mm. you know with the, with all that. Oh, he's he's doing an extra bit of training and all this sort. He's like he's a professional football. We're paying him a lot of money, and he can't keep fit. In terms of talent, I don't think anyone can doubt how good he should be. Yeah, indeed. I'm just trying to look at his uh, his his minutes played. So I think he played about 300 minutes last season. Uh, it might have been less than that. She's played 320 this season. We're looking at like 500 minutes of football in the last two seasons. I mean, you've just got to cut bait eventually, haven't you? And yeah. um, I, I think getting out of his contract six months early, you know, I, I don't know how much he's on. And I don't know if that'll be, you know, used directly to fund a new signing either, uh, you know, either in this window that's already taken place or in six months' time or whatever. But. Yeah. It it's got to be, be a good could, thing. Could be the you know it could save us NGI for instance you know yeah. uh, you know 
the money that we've saved. I think, like, for instance, McBurney gets a lot of stick. We've criticised him on here for not being fit this season due to various things and stuff. He looks like Billy Sharp compared to <laughs> Moose. We're like how fit he is, really. I mean, yeah. wherever you think of McBurney, he's had a he's had a sort of difficult time this season with injuries and stuff like that, but. Other than the end of last season, he were always fit. He were always ready to play, and mm. you can't say that about Musa. No, he was never ready to play. Um, no, unfortunately, which is and when uh, he did play, you used, used to see him run, and we used to joke, but actually think it and say, "Oh, that's him injured." I actually the first game of the season, um, we we were at the bar at half time, so we missed the first bit of the second half. Went up the stairs, saw someone down. I'm like, going, bet it's Moose. You know, it obviously were. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, he, I think he started two more games after that. So. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Never finished the 90 minutes with us or in England, I don't think. No. Uh, his whole whole time here. Um, no. Yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm sad to see him go in a way, but only... I think I'm sad for the idea of Moose to, to, yeah. to go, the concepts yeah. of Moose. From an actual... He should have ripped it up in this league. Yeah. And he probably would have done if he could play more than yeah. you know one game in ten or whatever the heck it is. I mean that, that is almost yeah. literally what it is, isn't it? If you average it out. Yeah. Um, did you see uh, the fantastic video of <laughs> Sky's? Uh, I believe it's the Sky reporters in Italy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> have you seen this? Have you watched the video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. I thought, yeah. Were, yeah. I, I thought you were going to explain what had happened. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I will do, yeah. For, absolutely for, fantastic, yeah. Anyone who's not seen it, uh, Sky's reporters accost uh, Moussa's entourage, shall we say, at the airport uh, and start interviewing his mate <laughs> about how much he's looking forward to uh, being in Italy and if he's got a message for the fans and all this. It's absolutely, absolutely fantastic because I love how the the guy like obviously goes along with it as well. Yeah, message for the fans. There's a little awkward fist pump. I mean, I suppose to be fair, they are both masked, and uh, we we ourselves have hardly seen Musa for two years, so <laughs> very true. They've yeah. got no chance. And then uh, there's a there's a magnificent. I, I'm not one to read too much into footballers' Instagrams or anything like that. And uh, <laughs> you know, Musa training in a West Ham shirt hasn't particularly yeah. bothered me with his Instagram output, no. but. I did. I did really enjoy the photo we put on there today of him in his uh, first class seat in uh, I mean, <laughs> on his everyone, plane. People are to be furious about it. It's almost. Yeah. It's you know. Look how cool I am. Do you know what I mean? You've got, to, you've got to admire that sort of complete nonchalance of what people think here. To be fair. Yeah, yeah. Feet feet are up for him and his mate on the on the furniture. It's brilliant. Mm. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not too uh, not too upset about him departing in a, in practical terms. Um, an actual signing uh, has has been announced today. Charlie Good on loan from um, from Brentford for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. A player I initially thought I'd not heard of, but then when I looked at his his, his CV, I was like, oh yeah, I do. Rem- I remember him from his his Northampton days. Actually. I don't remember him at all. So fill me in. <laughs> Big solid central defender seems to be the uh, the vibe. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. he was part of the playoff team during the pandemic, right? Yeah, I'm just looking now. Yeah, I, I watched. I remember watching Northampton in the playoffs that season, um, and him, his name stuck out to me. Uh, big unit at the back. He's six foot five, twenty six. Um, it's I don't know what to make of this when I. I've I've sort of gone backwards, I suppose, where I look down at players' previous clubs now, and uh, I would previously be like, "Wow, this guy played for 
I don't know, Barcelona or something. Like, how exciting. You know, like with Burgos, like, playing yeah. for a Champions League club. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now I'm rubbing my hands looking at uh, Charlie Good's history of playing for Hayes, Hendon, Scunny, Northampton, then on to Brentford yeah. and now on to... Oh, yes, there we go. Hook it to my veins. From, I've got the view from Brentford and they all seem to like him. They all seem to say you can't fault his commitment. He said he's possibly in Premier League standard at this moment just due to his distribution. He sounds exactly like what we need. The biggest sort of worry is purely his injuries. He's had long COVID as well. Um, and he's he has been out with a lot of injuries. I think he, he didn't play that much last season for them in the championship due to injuries. He's been in, he got into the team this year up until December for Brentford and he got injured again. Hmm. So there is that worry obviously there. Um I think if you can get him fit, he's pretty much as good as we could hope for as a well, you imagine he's gonna be a backup for Egan or uh, Basham. Yeah, it's uh, so he's not left footed, is he? Um, no, so... he's right footed. So yeah, I think I imagine he'll come straight. I think we needed a replacement for Egan if Egan got injured, and I think this is where he's. This is where this guy'll fit in. Yeah, uh, I think that long COVID thing is a rumor, right? I don't think that's actually. I don't know. I mean, a couple of people in the Brentford forum said it was. Yeah, well, this yeah, Brentford I mean, forum yeah. posters we're talking about, mate. That's very true, very that, true. There yeah. were Someone no said, bids. One of them actually said, the, the, the world-famous banana, if anyone goes on S2, um, they'll know what I mean by that. Um, Brentford poster. He said he were out for three months, so let's hope not, because Wait, <laughs> we're not getting back to the final. But... <laughs> As in three months from now? It was three months from December, so... Well, let's hope that is very much not the case. Uh, yeah, but he, yeah, he has been injured, and that's why he's not been... I, I don't think he'll be straight into the squad this weekend just based on the fact that he's not been in the squad for Brentford due to injury. Yeah, I'm curious to see if we do shoehorn him into the team, if we just, you know, as in, like, just, just wedge him in there alongside... It's all about Ben Davis, isn't it? It's all about what... We obviously don't know what's going on with him. It's terrible. Um, I, f- I forgot about him. Yeah, and this is the thing. I think if, if Ben Davis is back... I think this guy plays sort of second fiddle to Egan and Basham. Probably mm. plays a couple of games. Basham's, you know, he's fit as anything, but three games in a week, 35 or whatever, you, you know, you don't know what's going to happen, obviously. It's that left-hand side in terms of, I don't know what's happening with Ben Davis. I expected him to see him on the bench on Saturday, actually, and obviously mm. he weren't there. We really need to get him back. Not Jack, Jack Robinson's played really well the last couple of games, but Davis, just purely for numbers alone for that left-hand side, it'd be a massive sort of... Yeah, it'd be really good to get him back, but obviously we don't know what's actually happening. So, yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, good. Good seems to be the sort of the the reputation on him is a a proper head it and kick it clear kind of mm. centre back. Which uh, yeah, we we do need. I feel like at times we've really cried out for that this season. You know, Egan's supposed to be that, and he's had a bit of an up and down season. I think. Um, yeah, well, it's funny about Egan. Obviously, he came from Brentford as well. Mm. Um, if you look up, if you look back at the Brentford view from they did on O'Connell and Egan, they said they were rubbish, and they said this guy's all right. So, he, trouble. The sky's the limit. <laughs> oh right, I thought you were going to say it's going to go the other way because they've well, it could go got the no other idea. way. Or it could be, you know, Cannavaro. <laughs> <laughs> Let us hope. Um, well, the other thing you you touched on earlier, uh, have we got Charlie Longthrow in the house here? Uh, yes, apparently he's uh, renowned for his massive throws. Someone said they're actually like corners. So Aerial bombardment here, mate. Just get it in there to our massive strikers, Billy Sharp and Enjai. <laughs> 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 
Useful, useful weapon to have. So that's uh, yeah. I'm I'm happy to see uh, another defender come in. Um, yeah, I guess it. yeah. I, I guess um, I think uh, Dan from Four Blades. I saw tweet this earlier as well. Just you know, slightly. Uh, I get his point here that it's another kind of short term signing with it being a loan. I've but... seen. I didn't include this on the view from because it weren't really about the player himself. But I've seen a couple of their fans saying you know it could be. It could be a permanent at the end of the season. Well, um, that's, yeah, that's that's the thing I thought is there's no real risk to us here. We'll, you know, obviously we'll know at the end of the season what league we're going to be in and what, yeah, uh, I guess almost what status we're in as a team. Like if we, have yeah, to, and if he's going to be fit if he gets injured, also you know. that, yeah, um, and I, yeah, with I, him being sixth choice or whatever at Brentford, I mean, yeah. Even with us not having much money, you would think he's probably affordable in our price range. He so. only cost them a million. And I know they yeah. like to sell on for higher, but he's not really done enough, I don't think, for Brentford to warrant much more than that, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, welcome, Charlie Good. Welcome back, Dan Jevison. How annoyed are you that they deleted, United's media team deleted <laughs> the welcome back video that they'd made? I no, thought it was Jevison, brilliant. I just absolutely, I just like, oh my God, what are we doing? <laughs> I love it, it just. Absolutely. There are so many things I liked about it, but I think my favourite were everyone saying, "Well, that means we're not signing anyone else because the media team are just sat doing nothing. They just as if they just made it for their own fun. It probably t- took about one minute to make. <laughs> hey, no, <laughs> don't, those highlights together. <laughs> don't, don't be playing down the efforts the media team go to. It's, mate. They're fantastic, our media team, but uh, just like the, the conspiracy, like the same as the Frankie Maguire conspiracy theory. As soon as something happens, just like oh my god. This, this obviously means bad news is around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, and speaking of bad news, I suppose, there's obviously, uh, I, I don't know where the hell this has come from, uh, a rumour that Egan will be going to um, West Ham, yeah. which uh, I... This has come from uh, Alan Nixon, who right. said, yeah, whatever you think of him, but he, he actually said that if Newcastle go for Diop, I think... Uh, it's uh, a Diop, yeah, West Ham. Yeah. Um, and then they had a big shortlist West Ham to replace him, including John Egan. So very sort of... Basically every centre-back in yeah. England. <laughs> so you, you can't prove him wrong by saying that, because they, you know what I mean? he wasn't on the show. No one sees the shortlist. So I'm not concerned about that, to be honest, because I think we'd have heard much more concrete rumour than just Alan Nixon basically saying he's on he's a part of a show. If you're West Ham, you're losing job, you're probably not going to go for John Egan anyway, to be completely honest. No. Probably not at the, uh, the the sort of stage they're at in their uh, yeah yeah their season. I think lower Premier League, yeah. I think West Ham, you know, I mean, they're still talking about trying to get in Champions League and stuff. I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, I'm not too concerned by that one though. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a couple of hours of the window to go. Uh, Gibbs White is still here. This was the thing we were all panicking about uh, six oh. weeks ago, two months ago. But obviously, he hasn't played for six weeks now because of his injury. So uh... maybe he's done as good. Maybe that's done. As... Maybe him not playing. I mean, I did think about this, and if you look at the positive, that Gibbs White is obviously far his injury is far worse than we thought when he mm. first got it. If we we could have been end up playing what an extra four games without him against True. really good sides, QPR, Middlesbrough, you know, it had been really difficult. Yeah, and I guess we've now had a sort of extended period without him anyway, so yeah. trying to adapt to not having Gibbs White in the team, but obviously the sooner he comes back, the better, and obviously it very much looks like he will still be here for the rest of the season, so that is good news. Uh, I think the only other thing I won't waste too much time on in case it doesn't happen, and that we're just wasting, wasting air time here, I suppose. Uh, Luke Freeman's rumours he mm-hmm. may go to Luton. Um yeah, I, I, I'd quite like to see. I think if he goes, that's a good sort of final bit of business for us, to be honest. He's... Yeah, and it, it, we knew this window were going to be more, more about 
outs than ins. I actually, mm-hmm. maybe I've got low expectations. I actually think it's been a good window because of that. You look at the squad yeah. now, and I were expecting a lot more players to sort of... I expected the squad to be in a lesser shape, but that's more to do with the, the emergence of like Brewster playing so well and Conor Uran coming to form and stuff like that. But I look at it and I think, you know what, for the Championship, it's not bad. And we've yeah. saved so much money in this window. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Freeman's contract actually does expire at the end of this season, by the way. I know you and I were yes. discussing that separately. Um, according to Transfer Market, anyway, which is usually pretty good at things like that. It's not very good with valuations, but um, yeah. contracts are usually pretty good. So that'd be, I, I'd take that, to be honest, if we can, uh, you know, foist his wage onto someone else for the rest I, of the I season. I said to you earlier when you were, I think you sent me about him being linked or whatever. I genuinely forget he plays for us. Yeah. I don't mean that in a nasty way. It's just that he barely has played. So. Freezy. Freezy, Luke just, Freezy Freeman. Just doing the little <laughs> hand gesture now. Um, which I'm sure people will be aware of. Doesn't really come across on a podcast, but there you go. Um, anything, anything else uh, ins or outs transfers-wise to discuss or uh, on to Birmingham? On to Birmingham, I think. I think that should be uh, I think that should be it for the for the, the January transfer window, I would have thought. Yeah, unless something's completely gone under everyone's radar. But if so, we'll uh, we'll discuss it on the next podcast after the Birmingham game. Um, I am slightly intrepid about this one, mate. Uh, yeah, think... a lot of reasons to be scared, I think, about this one. So Birmingham's last two games, they came back from 2-0 down late on against Peterborough, of all teams. Uh, and then at the weekend, they blew a two-goal lead to Derby, which I was stunned by because I watched the first 70 minutes of that game and mm. uh, Derby were, well, poo basically and Birmingham were just completely at ease and then uh, yeah, when I saw it was 2-all, um, I was shocked. Uh, mm. They are a team that I think will cause us a lot of problems. Um, Is the old Kryptonite, Slav Kryptonite, oh, that's what we've learned from it, but if Slav mm. were in charge, I'd be expecting a, yeah, a, a defeat here because they're very into the long throws, working hard, physical... <laughs> All the things that we weren't earlier in the season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the long throws, uh, Pedersen's, you know, basically every time they win a throw in in the opposition half, it's like hitting the edge of the six-yard box. So, uh, yeah, expect a a bit of a bombardment. They're a very aggressive pressing team. Um, Sad face. Only... Only West Brom have won the ball back in the opponent's final third more than Birmingham have this season. Uh, they are a good set-play team as well, a top five for set-play XG and one of the more set-piece reliant teams in the league. I really I don't know that much about their defence, um, but their sort of midfield and attack is pretty decent, mate, to be honest. Like the one that they put out at the weekend... So you've got Scott Hogan, who's having a, a really yeah, solid season. Yeah. Uh, he's got 10 goals in the league, and he is uh, he's in the top five for expected goals per 90 minutes, so that's pretty impressive as well. They just signed Lyle Taylor, who scored on, I don't know if it was his debut, but certainly scored his first goal um, yeah. this weekend. I don't oh, know no. there, actually. No, that completely passed me by as well. I was like, I'm sure we've played against him already this season and remembered it was for Nottingham Forest, where he, he did very little, to be fair. Um Onel Hernandez, who used to play for Norwich, who yeah. player yeah. I would have loved us to sign. Very creative, tricky dribbler. Um, yeah, I, I just and the Ryan Woods in midfield, decent yeah. at this level. Gardner, Bakuna, it's a pretty good team. I, I don't totally know what they're doing, where they <laughs> are in the league, to be honest, which is seventeenth. Yeah, yeah. This is it. We're talking them up as if they're, they're top of the league, and as you said. 
you know, the 17th in the league. But they're also, as you say, you, you reeled those names off. I don't think it's a, a top six championship side or anything, but it seems like to me it should be comfortably top ten. Yeah, they... They've been. I think they've been a bit unlucky this season. Like looking at their their xG stats, so they're underperforming their xG against, uh, uh, xG against by about five goals. So they basically they've conceded five goals more than they should have done, yeah. and uh, and they've scored nine less than they should have done. So yeah. um, the website InfoGoal has them as the eighth best team in the league on their model. They're down to seventeenth at the moment. So either they're really it may just be they're really bad at finishing and they allow like one really good chance a game. Or they're a bit like we were a couple of years ago under Wild where we kept conceding yeah. long long range where we were just <laughs> yeah, yeah. we were doing something that these models couldn't sort of properly account for, I suppose. Um so yeah, it could be that. It could be they're a bit of a freakish team or they've just been really unlucky. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think this is a this is a test, this one. I think if we get real, through this real with test. a it's um yeah, a potential banana skin as you say. Our record there's crap as well. And do we never win at Birmingham, do we? 1999, my last win there. Uh, 2-0 under Mr. Neil Warnock. Mm, I don't feel like we beat them at home very often either. Wilder we never beat them. We beat them all under Wilder. We lost them a 4-0 in the Cup under Wilson. Mm. can't remember the one before that, actually. Can't, I presume it would have been... I'm actually in the Premier League with Mickey Adams. We beat oh, them in 2009. What, yeah, we beat them under Blackwell, didn't we? Well, we lost the first game of the season, didn't we, uh, to um, Kevin Phillips last minute. Oh yeah, that's right, and uh, yeah, history repeated itself this season. So we're in a very we're in a very different shape to uh, literally and metaphorically, I suppose, from that first game this season. And I guess they are a little bit. You know, they start the season really well, didn't they? I think they were up near the top of the league after sort of six, mm. seven games, and then they've they've nosedived a bit to this extent that um, I don't know. I don't know if uh, Bowie was going to be feeling the pressure a little bit. But, well, like I said, they've signed a couple of players as well, like I said, Lyle Taylor and Bakuna, I think, has done well since he's mm-hmm. come in. Um, and uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, I, I know everyone will say well, we need wins and stuff, but it's weird with the table because you look at it and it looks like oh, we need we need to get another three points. If you take the games in hand out of it, uh, you know, it, it's 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 really difficult to know what's a good result, if you know what I mean. Because yeah. would you take a point, but then you, you're probably going to fall further behind, but you've still got those two games in hand, three games in hand or whatever, so... Yeah, indeed. Uh, I think I'll probably be happy with a with a draw out of this one, and then mm-hmm. uh, on to West Brom's the next one, right? Yeah, That's I think it'll be a, a big week, big big yeah. week. Yeah, um, they've also got Chong and Dina as well. Um, which oh I yeah, think, is it yeah. Dina the captain now? Actually, Dina is the club captain. Yeah, so yeah, and Djokovic, of course, was on the bench. Yeah, as a, well, and... even these idiots, they should be. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should be higher up the league. I don't know what's going on. They've been they're actually their keepers have been pretty bad this season. Uh Etheridge is I think he's a really good goalkeeper. He's played for Cardiff, but um Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's he sits really far down on um Opta's goals prevented. Shoot on side. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well the last two games we've we've had a lot of shots, so hit the target a bit more and uh hope for the best, I suppose. But um yeah, it's I guess it's a game on I don't know if I can say on paper. I suppose if you just look at the league table, you're like yeah, we should should win that really, shouldn't mm-hmm. we? But um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, and even in the form table, the seventeenth in the form table, which is where they are. <laughs> Whereas we are uh, probably top of that, right? Third. Third, right? Yeah, I guess Queens Park, Queens Park Rangers and Middlesbrough. Mm. Middlesbrough. Ugh. 
<laughs> we'll we'll play them eventually. Um, yeah. yeah, so not incredibly confident for this one, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm more confident about West Brom. I feel like that's, I guess, with it being a home game as well. And, you yeah, know, and their rip. form's appalling, yeah. yeah. Uh, talking about like for their fall from bottom in the in the form table. So. Yeah, they've been shocking. Um, I hadn't really looked at the top of the table for quite a long time because obviously with it being transfer deadline day, Bournemouth are pushing the boat out today, aren't they, with signings galore. And it just They really are, yeah. It just occurred to me how up for grabs second is now because I thought yeah. West Brom would have it sewn up essentially. Um, obviously, Fulham are just going to stomp the rest of the league, yeah. it looks like. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's pretty much down to, well, I was going to say down to Middlesbrough and Huddersfield, but obviously we can actually overtake them if we win our games. Yeah, in but... I, think it's, I think realistically it's probably a three-horse race between the, the QPR, Blackburn and Bournemouth. It possibly... Mm. I don't know. I think Bournemouth will do it. I've got a bet on him. So. <laughs> <laughs> Vested interest. So, I think they will. I think that'll probably push them over. The, the signings they've made in the last couple of days will probably see them over the line. But Aye. Right. Well, a good week in all, mate. A good, uh, good result on Saturday. A really good performance. Sharp breaking the record. We've done some decent, uh, decent business from a financial perspective, if not necessarily a, a personnel one, I suppose. Although I... I really wasn't expe- I, to be honest. I wasn't expecting us to sign a single player this um, yeah. this January. So to get a uh, solid goalkeeper in Davies, who may eventually become the number one in a, in a year mm-hmm. or so, uh, and some cover defensively as well, I'll take that. And looking forward to seeing Jebison involved as well. So, yeah, um, that is exciting. I think weirdly, it's probably the most exciting <laughs> signing, even though he's not a signing. That's why they did the hype video, you see. You know, everyone. Yeah, this is it. Get it, I, back I, up. get it back up. I know this. I felt so sorry for them because it's like everyone's everyone's buzzing about getting Jebison back. Like, yes, yeah. he's here. As soon as United do a video, oh, it's so tin pot. I can't believe it. <laughs> Delete this immediately. No, it took it, it down. They should have just. It does. Ridden it out like a like I don't know like a bad album. I'd have like, done a, done another it. one. Shared yeah. it again later. <laughs> yeah. Do one for Frankie Maguire coming back. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. Um, I think we mentioned everything, right? I, I don't think we're missing anything. It, yeah, it's been a bit of an action-packed one, yeah. Yeah, it has. And, uh, yeah, let's let's see. If, I, I'm actually almost hoping nothing else happens now, transfer-wise, for us. For, yeah, <laughs> for us. Just, yeah, just keep it as it is. Keep it as it is. And, uh, yeah, on to Birmingham. Play on Friday. Uh, I believe we'll be watching that one uh, in the Boozer. Mm. And then... We'll do. Hopefully, we should be able to do a podcast after that, right? Uh, yeah, not, yeah, not yeah. immediately afterwards. Maybe no, yeah. Before I think West Brom's on the Tuesday should be all right for Monday. I would have thought, yeah. The old Friday Tuesday of the Championship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what, what to plug, mate? You, a very in-depth uh, view from Derby on Charlie Good. For anyone who wants the lowdown of him, I, re- I read that earlier. Excuse me, what did I say? Yeah, Derby. Derby. I've I absolutely no idea why I said that. They're not even the word Derby isn't even on my screen at the moment. I've, I've, got, the same league. I've got I've got the league table open and uh, Derby are not actually not on it. <laughs> They're too far down. <laughs> Sorry, Karen. Uh, yeah, for Brentford, pretty positive I think on the whole. Uh, mm. If you keep him fit, uh, did, I did a loan update since we last spoke. I think um, unbelievably high praise for uh, Harrison Neal. Mm. Uh, which I wasn't expecting. I was expecting the you know the praise for Brunt and Laporte. So obviously we know how, how well they've been doing. And, and Jebison obviously didn't really. I've really been hearing much about Harrison Neil, but absolutely phenomenal re- reviews from him from South End fans. So yeah, a bit of a 
Well, second club's putting putting a bit far, but I do actually uh, check Southend's results yeah. and uh, performance, and yeah, they're, they're creeping up, aren't they? They're getting out of the uh, out of relegation trouble, so yeah, yeah, our lads are getting some some good minutes and some good experience down there for sure. Um, what else was I going to say about the view? Oh, yeah, the Peterborough view. This it wasn't. Uh, they were too acknowledging of the fact we were much better than them, which yeah, I made me feel a bit sorry for them. Comment on it where one of them said, Mick McCarthy said that everyone everyone on Sheffield United's bench will get would get into our team, and some replied, Mick McCarthy will probably get in our team. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be too condescending to say I felt sorry for them, but it's, yeah, I, I guess as you said, it, you know, that was the kind of game that we sort of expected to see more of those this season. I think it's like, what, yeah, that plays just better. I know waffle a bit, but what I found weird about Peterborough is that before, before the game, they were really bullish. Mm. In, in, the, in the pre-match view, they were like, oh, I think we've got too much pace. You know, we're really, because they played brilliant against Birmingham, funnily enough, uh, yeah. in, in midweek, and obviously threw it away. And they were really up for it. And I were expecting like a, pretty tough game I was expecting it to be I thought we'd win but I thought it'd be you know I thought they'd well I thought they'd create more than one chance <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, yeah I don't think Clark Harris causes any problems at all he just I think it was him that had the one chance didn't he but other than that he just sort of yeah, yeah. ran around barging into people very slowly Marriott yeah. did next to nothing nothing from midfield defence got turned so easily um, yeah, if anyone's not seen the the clip United have put on their Twitter of Bogle doing his, his dribbling skills, then go and watch it because it is truly glorious. And this is, the very last clip, which I think leads to him sort of crossing it across the face of goal, is is an absolute yeah. delight. <laughs> Just yeah. bamboozles and fantastic stuff. Well, that is RoysViewFrom.com. Uh, you follow me at BladesPod. Follow yourself at Panchero. And uh, yeah, I think that's it, mate. I think we will sign off there, uh, see what happens in the remaining hours of the transfer window and uh, be back after that Birmingham game. So um, yeah, thanks very much for squeezing this recording in into your evening. I do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'll catch up with you soon. Thanks a lot, mate. See you later. Hello again, BladesPod listeners. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And thank you also to NordPass, the leading password manager who kindly support this podcast. NordPass is brought to you by the cybersecurity experts who built NordVPN, another friend of the podcast, of course, who you will have heard earlier, and uh, are used by more than 14 million people worldwide to get added security and speed when using the old internet there. Uh, NordPass is everything I need in a password manager. It keeps all my passwords in one place. It's accessible with just a single master password, means that's the only thing I need to remember, and they can generate ultra-secure new passwords with just a single click. Their autofill feature also helps me log in near instantly to whatever site or account I'm using without having to rack my brains for whatever details I came up with months or years before when I created that account. And NordPass are offering a great deal to BlazePod listeners of this month. You can get 52% off NordPass if you sign up at nordpass.com slash BlazePod or just use the code BlazePod on sign up. That's 52% off a two-year plan plus one month absolutely free. Head to nordpass.com slash BlazePod now and boost your own online security. Thank you once again for listening and downloading BladesPod. We'll be back after the next game.